couple of days ago, my son asked me a question. An honest one, one. And he asked me, Abba, why did you give a class and recorded it online that, um, that you spoke with Hashem and that, uh, and that Hashem spoke with you back and that Hashem answered to you? So I smiled to him and I told him, because that's what that happened. It's the truth. So he said, I believe you, but I'm asking, why did you put it online? Why did you record it? Don't you know that people will not believe you and that people will not be able to to deal with that kind of message? So like, for what? If it would happen to me, he said, I wouldn't speak about it in public. Maybe I would share it with a friend or with you, but I wouldn't talk about it in public. So I thought a little bit, looked into myself, and I told him, first of all, thank you for caring about me and wanting my message to be delivered properly and that I'll be safe and that no harm will, will happen to me. So thank you for watching and caring. Second is that I have a mission and part of my mission is to go out and to spread the truth and to say the truth. And if that was a truth that I experienced, I had to share it because it was part of my journey. And third, and that's the most important thing, that usually people will not believe that other people had wonders and other people had miracles and other people saw things like it's people are doubting very fast why because that those people cannot believe in themselves they have a lack of self-esteem to imagine that they really might experience something very big spiritually and then after coming to that wrong realization, as if they're not able to spiritual heights, they also now don't want to feel bad that they're the ones who are not able and someone else is able. So then they have to cut everyone's option from spiritual experiences in higher level than the ones that they experienced until that moment. But I told him, you know, if you're going to search and look back into our nation's history, you're going to start counting the people that Hashem spoke with them and that they saw Hashem. You're going to come up to numbers of millions of people. You had, first of all, Adam 
and Chava, his wife. So first of all, you can already see through that that the capability of communicating with the maker is in the DNA of all human beings. Like, that's it. Like, Adam spoke with Hashem, Hashem answered to him. They had a conversation. Chavai Menu, Eve, she had the same, like, very, like, most open level of prophecy, talking to Hashem. Hashem is answering. They're talking, negotiate, like they spoke. They spoke. So as a soul, they were able to that level. So if we are even the most tiniest sparks of their great soul, I don't see that a match has a different nature than the greatest fire of them all, eternal flame, okay? You had the eternal flame in Beta Mikdash, wonderful, most beautiful fire. Yes, now a match is still carrying fire, even if it's a match, it's a tiny flame, yeah, but it can lit a forest, it can lit one billion candles, like you can do whatever you want with it, you can lit Neratamid, the eternal flame, in Bet HaMikdash again, like one day Hashem can choose you to bring the match, hey, you, bring the match, that's it, your tiny flame, oh, it caught, suddenly, like Aaron, Aaron Cohen came with this candle when he wanted to lit the, the, the menorah, oof, the, the flames rise on their own by themselves. Okay. Great thing. Amazing thing. But still Hashem wanted Aaron to take the fire and to do his work with it. Because that it was Aaron's fire, so it was not supposed to lit the menorah. No. It was Aaron's fire, and it lit the menorah that was lit on its own by itself. So, first of all, Adam and Eve. And then, even the sinner, Cain, the one who killed his brother, Hevel, also spoke with Hashem. So you see, and Hashem spoke to him, they were talking. So you see that even a sinner, a murderer, can enjoy the divine spirit in such high level of prophecy. A murderer, a killer that cut population of the world in half. Maybe the biggest murderer of all times. He killed half of the branches of, of, of all the fields, of all the trees, of all souls who were supposed to come down to the world. Like He cut the main branch, heaven. He killed him. So now, you would say, no, only big righteous people like Adam, oh yeah, like Abraham, like Yitzchak, like Yaakov, Stara, Rivka, Rachel, Leah. The list is keep on going. The children of Yaakov all heard the voice of Hashem. All the children of, of the, the holy tribes in, in Egypt, when they came out of Egypt, all the people of Israel, they all together heard Hashem talking to them from the fire from Mount Sinai. Okay, like it's done. It's like already available. And then all the prophets and also all the students of the prophets, there were always classes of students of the prophets that were learning prophecy. They all had great spiritual experiences and heard voices and heard Hashem. 
when Yeshua came to Moshe Rabbeinu when they were in the camp and told him, Moshe, there is a person who is like, that is prophet, pro, how do you say that? Prophesizing? Yeah, that's what you say, prophesizing, something like that. Okay. In the camp, Moshe told him, I wish all Am Israel would be prophets. Like, why that I would care? Like, I don't mind. Like, Baruch Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. Yoshua was scared. Oh, no, Moshe, there is another one who claims to be a prophet. Like, Yoshua was scared for Moshe's position and honor in the great hierarchy that Moshe is the prophet, that Moshe is the leader. Moshe is like... But, like, ask Moshe. Okay, Yoshua come to Moshe, tell him, and Moshe told him, like, I wish all B'nai, all Am Yisrael Nevi'im, Yisrael Nevi'im, I wish all of them would be prophets, like, thank you, Hashem. Amazing, really, Hashem, Hashem's light is, like, shining so much that, like, it, it, it's more people. Beautiful. Where's the problem? People have low self-esteem. And not believing in themselves that the maker, out of his mercy, out of his kindness, out of his unconditional love, will share his light and will bring people to deep understandings and will uncover infinity and eternity to them and will allow them to see huge lights and to hear deep voices and to experience amazing, amazing spiritual experiences that real, really not any soul is like enjoying that bounty, but only because that not all the people are going that route of sacrificing so much and dedicating so much and giving so much and, and being there so much. How did Hashem chose Moshe? How did Hashem chose David? He saw their sacrifice. He saw their effort. And they became the chosen ones because Hashem chose them. So do you mind that Hashem will choose someone? Like why, why that we will care? But if you care, so work on yourself not to care so much, to be happy, to be happy in the success of your friend. In any case, the only reason why I'm talking with you about it is because that I know in 100% that, and I said it already many years ago, already in classes, that the reason why Hashem chose me and explaining so much wisdom to me and sharing so much knowledge with me is for one fact that I remember completely where I started my journey from and how empty and lack of knowledge I was in the beginning of my tshuva. I had zero knowledge. I had zero knowledge. The Hebrew that I was talking, because people are talking Hebrew here in Eretz Israel. It was not like a tool in my hand that was used to learn knowledge at all not. In the beginning, I was ignorant. Someone asked me, do you know what is Mishnayot? I didn't know the meaning of the, like, what is Mishnayot? Like, I didn't know. 
what is Mishnah? I didn't know what Mishnah is. Like in secular school, in high school, they taught us Toshba. What's Toshba? Torah Shebalpe, oral Torah. They didn't taught us no oral Torah. They took some sages' sayings with with like moral, with conclusions, with wisdom, and they broke it down. Like we had classes talking, discussions about like lines that had been said ages ago by ancient Jews. Like who cared about those classes even? Like who, who was listening to that back then? Me, I'm talking about myself. I did not. Finished high school, went to the army, didn't have no, no religion, no knowledge of any spiritual content in any form, in any way. Only movies and music and like like any uh, any regular teenager. Like that's what I was like after. Drugs and alcohol and and bikes and 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 jeep and like going out with my dogs to the beach to the to the rivers to the Galilee Sea like swimming, smoking pot, drinking tons of alcohol, clubbing, going to to parties like secular person but like because of my honesty and because of my personal struggle that i really didn't have no no understanding of how to communicate with the maker except for like questioning maybe he really exists so i started to question and i started to to wonder maybe there is supreme power maybe there is something beyond physical powers maybe there is some truth and out of those searches i found some deeper and deeper understandings about my li my life about my search about my journey about my personality and some of my fears and my 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 hardest like struggles in in with my nefesh with my soul with my emotions like i found some cures some answers to them so it motivated me to go and investigate some more so i started to learn and search about meditation about self -aware awareness about guided meditations and 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 i found myself learning another book and another book and another book and another book and with that one thing led to the other and i came to that understanding that i want to learn from the source torah and in one day a very special day that i will never forget i had a very deep question in my mind walking in the army base while i was a soldier And I, and I was searching for the answer. Like I wanted to know that thing. And suddenly a person came to me, just like crossed the same road. And he just like broke the answer down. He just like answered my question without me asking him at all. Like I was thinking about the question and suddenly a random person came and answered it to me. I froze. I stopped. It was the clearest message of them all. Like I didn't have no doubt about it. 
And I looked up to the sky and I said, thank you. Like now I know that there is a maker who hears my thoughts and running the world in supervision accordingly. Everything is synchronized. The maker that is within me is the maker that is surrounding me. All the world is under his supervision, under his hand. I saw that. And that day was the day of my change. It was the first day of the rest of my life. It was literally the day that since that day, my faith never left me. Since that day, Dror Kasuto, Dror Moshe Kasuto is a believer. That's it. Like I had some sparks of faith before, but that day changed the game, was a game changer. That's it. Like it, nothing would ever go like it's a cannot go back point, like can't return. Like there, like that is a marked point in my life that I, I cannot go back. I cannot not believe as I did not believe one day earlier. In that day, things just became clear. There is a supervisor. And since that day, I like started actively to, to connect, to serve, to learn, to ask, to do it to make deeper meditations, to go to springs, to go deep in mikvehs, to do like to go to the kotel, to the western wall, to and 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 the energy was stronger and stronger and stronger, and I am a person who does not spare energy and power and effort when something is important to me. So I really did big things since the early beginning of my understanding. And I haven't stopped until now, until today. And it's like around 25 years of crazy effort. Like the sacrifices that I sacrificed, the effort, I mean, that I put into Avodat Hashem, serving the maker, is myself, I cannot even understand and count and measure the amounts that I invested. For an example, for a very long time, I would go every night and I would do long, long, long it buddhiduyot, and I'm talking about like around five, six hours each night in a different grave of tzaddikim in the holy land of Israel of righteous people like Shimshon Agibor, Samson and his father Manoach like on that mountain on in Bet Shemesh in Eshtaol I spent like so many nights like hundreds of nights hundreds of nights in my life that I would go if it's alone in the car into the deep forest into the scariest deep lonely dark as hell forest like 10-15 minutes drive into nowhere like no light nothing up the hill in crazy bent roads to the peak of the mountain and doing it or if it's picking up friends, like had more friends that wanted to do it as well. And I would go and I would like pick them up 
always I was paying for the gas, always I was doing, putting all the effort. Like I, I did all those things like on my own. And like those guys would like come with me for one day, for two days, for three days, and they would drop like for two weeks, like, and then they would drop. And I continued, I would pick up another person and would go with him. And when like one day I suddenly wanted, oh no, maybe I'm going to go to that place. Maybe I'm going to do that. I, I start, I continued, but started a new process and, and not paying attention, not even realizing that this crazy person is not stopping for years. And that's what I was doing for years. Every night that I was able, and we're talking about at least like three, four nights a week, I would go to the beach. I would go to the to the desert of Judah. I had it, but the dude that I remember in Midbar Judah, in the desert of Judah. I don't know if if like I have not heard no voice. I haven't seen no colors, but the the level of energy and fear from heaven that I experienced in the desert of Judah in that day during the daytime in Idbodedut was unbelievable, like the quiet that was there and the shechina that I felt, the energy, it was like, I, I, it, words cannot ex express it, cannot explain it. It's an energy that I will never forget. I once came to do Tefillat to, to, to say, like I said, I said, I said, Hashem, like we start, we say, Adonai, Sfatai Tiftach, please Hashem, open my lips. Like I said the word Hashem. After I said that word, such power came down on me, boom, like I was terrified. For almost 30 minutes, I was not able to say the next word. I was not able. I was standing frozen and like felt the fear, felt Hashem's presence on me. Now, truly, I, I, I couldn't care less if someone like don't want to respect it, does not want to believe me. If you like yeah, people who will say, oh, yeah, he's crazy, whatever. Like, I really don't mind. Do you know how many people said on Moshe Rabbeinu that he was crazy? All the people of Israel. Do you know how many people said on Abraham that he, he was crazy? All the rest of the people, if he's just like, that's how it goes with righteous people. Like they do good and people do bad. So I like really, I don't care. It feels lonely a little bit once in a while, but like, okay, who cares? I can feel lonely also, like. None of the people around me, like my friends and like students, people that I loved the most, like people that I gave them my life in so many ways, literally, they never were able to understand how much I am giving to, to my wife and to my children. Like how much this crazy Rav Drow is invested into his family. Like they cannot understand it. And oh man, they had complaints on me, like you're ruining the company, you're destroying the car. Like the cucumber is fighting with the with the with the farmer. Like, hey, cucumber, where did you came out to, to the surface from? If I haven't pet you for years, if I haven't watered you, if I haven't gave you also what that I'm giving to my children, 
And what that I'm giving to my wife, like time and energy and love and compassion with no end. If I wouldn't have so much compassion with you, you wouldn't stay by me. <laughs> and those tiny cu cucumbers, they are not there. Oh, now they have complaints. No, but you need to talk to people. You need to go to give classes. And like me, canceling classes, sitting home, taking my kids to Disneyland, going from this place to another place. And like, oh, no, we need to go to, to I need to take my family out. I need to take my family to eat. Like, And they couldn't understand. And I, I can understand them from business side. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I never claimed to be a businessman. I'm claimed to be an honest man, a good man, a, a loving man, a caring person. And, and that's what I do. I will not hurt my wife because you want to make business. I will not insult my wife and tell her I don't have time for you because you want me to go on a meeting like bye. Goodbye you, goodbye meeting, goodbye the options, goodbye the world of imagination. And I will choose the truth. And uh, for choosing the truth so many times in a lifetime and sacrificing so much in a lifetime, and I haven't finished at all. Thank God. I have a great, great plan ahead of me. Because that for so many years, my investment into Hashem's will is beyond nature is like literally above nature because I broke my nature a million times to keep God's will because when I didn't have money and there was an honest thing to do I chose to do that honest thing even though I didn't have money and when I didn't have like one night I wanted to go to to Kivret Sadikim at night, and I didn't have gas. I, I wanted to go to a friend of mine and also to go to Kivret Sadikim. That friend, I wanted to give him a book. I wanted him to do tshuva. And today, until today, is about tshuva, almost 20 years or like 18 years that he's about tshuva because of that night. He lived in Tel Aviv and I lived in Yerushalayim. And I, like I told my wife, I need to go and visit my friend. And she told me like, but you don't have gas in your car. I told her, I, I'm, I'm going to manage, don't worry. And I'm driving down the road, driving down the hill. And I like the, the light is on, no fuel. And I'm calling a friend of mine, someone that like we were learning together and he was working. I called him, I told him, do you have 50 shekels? I need like masrot. Can you give me like can you spare like charity masrot? I need like to put gas. He told me, Where are you? I told him I'm going down Rehov Street, Rabbi Yosef Karo, Rabbi Yosef Karo Street in Beit Israel. He told me, Stop where you are. It was like 9:30 p.m. Like the guy is pulling the car towards me. Like he's crossing the street Shmuel Anavi, like he's driving that road. I'm driving that road. He told me, Stop the car. I stopped the car. He stopped the car. He came out of the car, gave me 100 instead of the 50. Told me, keep the change, go do mitzvot with it. I told him, thank you very much. He knew what I'm doing. You know, that guy, how, how he lived, why, why he lived in Bet Israel, close to where we were learning. Why? Because every morning after I would wake up and help my wife to pick up the kids and take them to school. And I would do like as much as I could. 
I would drive from Yerushalayim, from my house, more than two months, over 60 days, to his house in Bechemish, 45 minutes drive, always on my account. I was paying the gas always. Every morning, I would pick him. Most days, I would wake him up. I would pick him, take him in the car, driving with him to Yerushalayim, and sitting with and learning with him, and sitting and learning with him for full day. And I like held him. And in the afternoon, he would go and work. But every morning for over two months, I would go. The reason why I stopped going is that I asked him, if I will stop coming, will you continue coming on your own or that I need to keep on coming and wake you up in the morning? He said, no. I will come on my own. And I counted on him and he kept on coming. And then they moved, his wife and, and him, they moved to Yerushalayim and we kept on learning in the same place. So see how much, and again, like, I'm, if it sounds to someone that I'm praising myself, so this problem, this person needs to check his problem in, in his ears because I, I don't care about praising myself. I'm just explaining to you. According to the effort, the reward is. If you're giving, you will receive. If you're not giving, based on what you want to receive? Based on what? On your beautiful eyes, on your like wonderful hair, for what? Like for what that Hashem will grant you with spirituality? People came to my house, asked me questions. I'm able to answer them, answers that like... I don't know who is able to answer in this way. There are. I'm not the only one. A woman came to me when we visit. It was in Miami. She came to our house. She came at night, Motzei Shabbat. She said, Rav Dror, my daughter, she's suffering. I, 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 I need help for her. She's terrified. She has trauma. I told her, do you have um, like idols in your house? Do you have like some... African statues or masks or something like that in your house? She said, yes, at my girl's room, at my daughter's room. I told her, okay, that's, that's the answer. Kick it out of the house. Now, live here, go home, collect all those masks. Those are idols, not allowed to put it. It's like black magic. Throw it out of your house and, and, and your daughter will be good. And she did. So how could I know that? I'm not reading, not in the coffee and not in bones parts. Sorry. Not looking into the pupil and not into the fingerprints. Hashem is bringing the answer into my mind and I'm counting on Hashem's answer that comes up in my mind exactly like I'm counting on him to go into my car without fuel to one hour drive and one hour drive back Counting on Hashem that it, that it will be okay. And it is. And it was. And it will always be that way. My trust in Hashem is enormous because that I tested it. Because I tried it. Because I threw myself on Hashem millions of times. Million times. So many days. More than 1,000 times each day. Hashem is testing the person in each moment sometimes. You have like crazy, 
crazy hours of wilderness, of mess, of mess. When we've been to the U.S., I don't know what people are thinking. When we've been to the U.S., we were driving after a class without having a hotel to, to put our heads, without money in the debit card, without any ability, with no cash after the class, searching for a solution. We drove from classes into the highways, not knowing what to do with five kids in the car, my wife and I. For four years, for almost five years, we didn't make no money in the U.S. We didn't came to make money. You know what we came to make? We came to make souls. The souls that we made are, are standing with us. Those are the, the, the fire that is backing us up, that is supporting us until today, energetically, spiritually. Their love, their respect, their, their appreciation, even if they're unaware of all that goodness because life took them elsewhere, the merit from heaven that we were able to be such a powerful point in their lives that changed their direction, that... Uh, manifested their lives, that, 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 that took their lives, shifted their lives to higher levels, to higher places. I don't need them to remember that. I didn't do it for no one's to remember. But again, we're going to go to the topic that we're talking about. It's for you. It's not for me. It's for you to believe in yourselves that wonderful things can take place in your lives as well. And you, that you can have wonders. If I went and in one night of Sukkot, I did Longit Bodedut in graveyard of, of tzaddikim, of righteous people in Bnei Brak. And a couple of days later, I went and I met a righteous man, the Biale Rebbe from Yerushalayim, the Admormi Biale. And I spoke with him and he looked at me and he told me, you should know that you saved thousands of people with your prayer. And I'm looking at him like that. And he told me, yes, that thing that you said to Hashem, and like he is repeating my, my claims, my arguments with Hashem, things that I said to Hashem alone at night in a graveyard. He was able to repeat it and told me, you did a great favor to the people of Israel in that night. You saved thousands of people in that night. So I'm asking you, was it Rav Dror? No, it wasn't Rav Dror. It was a crazy Baal Tshuva that cannot go to sleep when there are other people that are suffering. So he goes to scream to Hashem. That's what brought that wonder, not me. Yeah, it was dressed in me. But that's not the issue. The issue is what you're going to do tonight. What you're going to do tomorrow. What you're going to do now after. We then finish our wonderful conversation. How will that impact your life? And you don't need to go to graveyards for that. You don't need to go to Shamaim and not to Shimon Shimshon Agibor or Shimon Atzadik in 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 No, that's not it. It's the heart. The maker, he wants the heart. He wants to see if you care. If you care, you can care from your living room. You don't need to care from the mountains of Judah. No. 
that's my area. That was my backyard. That was my, my field. It doesn't need to be your field. What it was required and asked, demanded from heaven, from me, by heaven, from me, is not what the Hashem is asking from you. Moshe Rabbeinu asked the people of Israel. He told them, well, he told us what Hashem wanted. What am I asking you? Only to fear him. That's what I'm asking. You cannot fear him like I feared him. You cannot believe in Hashem like I believed in Hashem. Sorry, that's mine. Even if I'm sharing it with you, it's this knowledge, this life experience of mine is dressing itself into your mind tools, into your vocabulary, into your world of, of imagination, of concepts, of ideas. Like I'm talking to you, but actually... You hear your own conversation while I speak. I'm talking to myself. I'm talking from my heart. I'm here. I'm in my room, in my office. I have my books. I have Rabbi Dazev Leibovich jacket with me. I have big things in my life. That's my life. I cannot share it with you. If I'm, even if I'm going to let you wear it, even if I'm going to give it to you as a gift, it, it won't do what it did for me. It won't change your life as it changed mine. That's something that I gained in my Avodah. I gained this thing, and I gained that thing, and I gained that thing, and I gained many things. When I'm sharing it with you, the question is how you're going to gain. And that depends only in what you're going to do with the information. One can flush it, and one can really like plant it and water it and 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 make it grow and take care of it and care for it i give examples i didn't started to give you examples on the efforts that i put in avodat hashem for over 10 years i haven't skipped mikveh once even on shabbat even after yom kippur even after tisha b'av in Yom Kippur and in Tisha B'Av, you're not allowed to go to the mikveh. After Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur evening, night, 8.30 p.m., I go to the mikveh. All the mikvehs in Yerushalayim is closed. I'm driving one hour to Tel Aviv's mikveh. I'm going to some, like, pond, to some lake, to some well in the forests of, of mountains of Yerushalayim, like 35 minutes into the wilderness, to freezing cold water with frogs, because I won't skip mikveh. For over 10 years, maybe 12 years, I haven't skipped mikveh once. Truly, honestly, once. I didn't have one day skipping mikveh. If I wouldn't go in the morning, I would go. We would pick up the kids. My wife and I would pick up the kids. We would go to some lake, to some river, to some pond, to some spring, to some place in um, in in Moshav Evan Sapir, in Eshtaol, in Bet Shemesh, in Yar Yerushalayim, to all those tiny places that I was searching and invested, investigating and finding them. And I would go and I would have a towel with me and I would go and like, are you sure that it's okay? I'm going for two minutes. I'm going to like do two minutes and running not to miss Mikveh. I didn't skip Mikveh over and you, now you're going to say many people are going every day to the mikveh. It's not a big deal. Maybe for those ones it was not. A, it's not a big deal. For me, it was a big deal. That's what made the difference. 
That's why they, after 10 years of going every day swimming in the vegetable soup, they're not being cleansed and not purified and not achieving no holiness. After 100 years of mikveh, I'm not sure that they achieved what that I achieved. And you know what I'm going to tell you? Today, when I take a shower, I might gain more than they're going to gain a mikveh in Uman in Eve of Rosh Hashanah. And you might not believe me again. But have you been with me in the shower? No, thank God, I'm showering alone. But my understandings and my purification and the wisdom that I'm gaining when water touches my body, you don't know anything about it. We have a total different shower. We have a total different experience when we take a shower. And you can also have a total different experience when you take a shower. If you're going to focus on the mitzvah of taking a shower, of the power of water purifying you when you go under the water, in the rivers, in the shower, in the mikveh, in the different waters, different illuminations, different kinds. But do you know to tell me that shower is not one of the greatest? Do you know that shower that is long enough considered as mikveh? Do you know that there is a sgula in Motzei Shabbat to open the faucet and to drink water from the faucet because the well of Miriam is running through all the all the all the faucets in the world, and if you're going to be get lucky, not lucky, going to have the merit for that. When you're going to open the faucet, the water of Be'er Miriam of the well of Miriam will get into your cup. So when I took my family to the Galilee Sea to Kineret a couple of weeks ago, and we swam, my son and I, and I told him, do you know that when Am Israel came into Eretz Israel, the water of the well of Miriam entered into Eretz Israel with them, and it came into the Galilee Sea and disappeared in the Galilee Sea. So the well of Miriam is somewhere in the Kineret is inside the Kineret. And I told him, Daria Kadosh told Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Chaim Vital exactly where the location is. And Rabbi Chaim Vital testified that when he went into the water, he came out a different person. And then my son said, okay, let's, let's make mikveh, let's deep. And he went under the water and I went under the water. Now, do you know how did I came out after being in the Kineret? There was someone else also swimming in the Kineret that day. Do you know that he gained the same thing that I gained when I swam? Maybe there was something else. Based on what? On the honest effort, on the dedication, on the goodwill of a person to commit himself to Hashem. According to your effort, the reward will be. So don't downgrade yourself and lower your expectations from yourself to compromise. Oh, no, me now, nah, I can't. I'm not able to this. I'm not. No, no, no. You are a son or a daughter of Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. And all the qualities are treasured within you. Within you. You're a drop of water that came out of the ocean. You will always going to be part of the ocean, even if you're stuck in a cup. Even if you feel so isolated and so like, oh, I'm so stuck here. You're stuck, but your soul is free. 
And Hashem knows exactly where you're located. And Hashem knows exactly how to bring water to their source and to make you be part of, of your true legacy and shine the light of your ancestors through you. You just need to dare. You just need to want. When I said to my father, I want to keep Shabbat, he told me, don't make a joke out of yourself. When I told my mother, I want to do tshuva, she told me, I'd rather you to be gay than to be religious. That was my welcome, shalom aleichem, that I received. When my wife and I wanted to get married, we made that invitation. We made that, we have a few cameras here. We made that invitation. We wrote, we made the Star of David. And we wrote my wife's name and my name. My father was so upset. Why do you want to put all those Jewish symbols? Like, uh, we're getting married. <laughs> What's going on? Like, that's, that's the craziness that we experienced. But against all those wrongs, against all those powers that were standing against us, we pushed forward. We wrote, Elohim Chaim, may the living God bless you, all the ones who are invited. Do you know when, when our wedding day was? On September 11th. We were going to the to the to the chuppah to get married. And on all news, it was afternoon in Eretz Israel. Early afternoon. And in New York, it was morning. Most horrible pain in the world in the same time, in the same hour. And we got married. To tell you that we understand the secrets of Hashem, the mysterious ways of Hashem, we don't know anything. We didn't know anything. Back then, we didn't even know one person in New York. I was not teaching. It was the beginning of my Shuvai. We didn't know anything. Okay, believe in yourselves and you shall see wonders. Thank you so much. Q&A, questions, answers, willing to answer some. I have a question. Please, Donna. Mm, when I'm reading the, tor the Torah, um, <clears throat> um, it, it seems like uh, <clears throat> I'm not exactly sure. Like I am sure, but I'm not sure of Hashem's words. <clears throat> You need to explain the question, please, and go um, over. I, I, um, I've been um, coming here for so many years that, and I've been taking Hebrew language for so long, and um, I just don't know um, I, if maybe in, it imprinted on me uh, that, like, I'm Jewish or something, even though I'm not officially Jewish. But or I don't know how to say it. Like the, the, Aria, Kadosh, the Aria Kadosh said that 
Darya Kadosh said that the souls of the converts are Jewish souls that has a certain need to come out of a certain shell. They need to open up to Judaism. And that is the process of conversion. But definitely the soul of the convert is the soul of a Jewish person, or else he wouldn't want to convert so badly. Like the thirsty deer, he, want, he runs to the water. Like you, you don't need to explain to him. He feels the thirst. He feels that the answer is, is in the water. I feel thirsty like that about Israel people. Um, unfortunately, I don't know if I could enjoy joy with them because I always feel more for their sorrow. Well, you, you, I think that you should try. I think that you should try comfort, visit. I think that it will open <laughs> great a, things for you. I have, I have a friend, Mary. And um, she made a comment once that made me think that maybe she could um, assist me in, in visiting someday. We would love to stand by your side and to assist you as well. So you can always be in touch with me as well. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Donna. Yes, David. Shalom, shalom. shalom. I have two questions. Um, first, just going off of Donna's question, I have a family member that recently discovered that, so both of her parents passed away um, uh, within the past uh, five years, six years maybe, and she recently discovered, she did an ancestry test, and she realized she had no ties to her family, she had no ties to Judaism, she grew up completely Jewish, she was she, she was married into my family. She grew up Jewish. She's raised her children Jewish. And what would you say? Like, would you consider her Jewish? First of all, I cannot tell you what I can consider or not consider. There is a halachic question and a posek need to give the answer for that. If she's Jewish or not, it's not something that I can like, like give an answer simply as that but uh, there are many halakhot that will explain that her judaism is like definitely um um like um, is that she is jewish if there is no evidence for her not like dna is not an evidence for not being jewish it's like definitely not a, an evident no but, so so she found out that she was adopted like she Asked okay. her parents in also Russia. Here in that case, also here in that case, if she was adopted as a baby into a Jewish family, that right. the conversion is automatically. Again, uh, okay. it's a complex question, and it's better for us not to answer for other people also not to get into conclusions as if we spoke just to them, but definitely to go to a Rav, to a Pasek Halakha, to answer this after investigating the situation. And to find the answer, that was one. That was one. <laughs> Two, uh, just going off this class, the last thing that you just mentioned, like, wow, that you got married on the same day as 9-11. Have you, I'm sure you've done many heat to do it and you've tried to uh, figure out the, a deeper meaning to that. I would love to know if I, you came to I, I, I can, I, one thing that I can tell you is that, um, all our spiritual connection with the maker is based on spiritual 
connections, spiritual matings, sparks, elevations. There, and there are corrections that depends on those sparks, elevations. Now, some corrections cannot be done by simple people's work that will elevate sparks, <laughs> like eating an apple, learning, even learning to walk. Because those elevations, those need those corrections needs greater elevations, like tons of, of light to come back up to correct what needs to be corrected. So to those ones, unfortunately, in many situations, death of people when many souls are rising to heaven together are making those corrections like that we know that many Jews found their death in many situations in burned synagogues and in Holocaust and in camps and riots here and there and there and there, like in many places, in many times, enormous amounts. And not only Jewish, also non-Jewish people and also many people who are Israeli souls and people the thousands of people who found their death and the sorrow of the family innocent people who were all killed for for villain intentions for evil intentions all those innocent souls that died that day definitely definitely were all welcome to heaven and made a great impression and were all welcomed as as the innocent lamb as the sacrifice of Allah that rise to Hashem. Any person who is being killed while being innocent is a sacrifice to Hashem. Jewish, not Jewish, like life, it's like it's a soul. So when souls are rising and with such storm and so innocent and were killed for evil intentions, Definitely, those are innocent souls that made a great correction in heaven and canceled many judgments and brought down a lot of blessing to, to the next generations, definitely. So if we were able also to join with our wedding corrections to that massive amount of light that rised as two pillars of, uh, of fire, Amuda Esh and uh, Amuda Anan, uh, we joined them in our Avodat Hashem that day. So definitely there is a connection. But to tell you what the connection is, thank you for your question, though, David. Of course. Can I ask one more? If it's short. <laughs> it's uh. Uh, I asked it in the WhatsApp chat. Um, I remember, I know you made a video regarding uh, uh, people who are depressed, and there are people who give them advice for financial success instead of addressing their depression. Um, I'm currently focused on building a financial planning practice in in Manhattan. Maybe connection to what you just said um, with 9/11. I don't know. But uh, it's uh, I would like to make sure, like I'm I'm growing a lot. I'm learning so much, and I'm in I'm in the beginning phases of the business, and uh, 
is it's a huge learning curve, but at the same time, I just want to make sure the intention stays pure and I'm with Hashem in the business. The intention when people make business should be only one. How will I give tzedakah out of the money that I'm going to make? I'm going to give charity from the money I'm making. You need to give more than 10% of your income, always. 10% is mitzvah masel. Charity is on top of masel. When you give 5%, it's not even masel. It's definitely not charity. Only after 10%, it becomes charity. First 10% is masel. It's an obligation. That's, that's for sure. It's generosity. You need to give. I'm saying more so in the actual practice of the business, like when I'm caring for people and talking to people, um, you know, it's not just poor people that are some, some very wealthy people are going through crazy challenges. And I want to make sure that whoever I'm speaking to, I'm adding light, not just through finances. And you, don't need to ask, you need to, you need to ask yourself, am I doing it? If you're doing it, so that's what you're doing. There's no questions. Like Donna asked the question. She learns Hebrew, she understands what she's learning, she finds words that she's remembering them, and then she's doubting if she's understanding the right intention. It's only lack of self-esteem. If you know that that's what you do, that that's what you learned, and that's the word, that's the intention, that's the, the meaning of it. You don't need to doubt what that you know. So if you know that you're trying to help people and you are helping people, so why to doubt if you are helping people while helping people? Like, it's a bit crazy. So don't be crazy and be good. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Questions and answers. It's Sunday. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about ancient scripts at the 3 p.m. New York time. Um, on Tuesday, we're going to have our controversial topic podcast again, 3 p.m. And on Wednesday, we're going to talk about it with the individual prayer. May Hashem bless you in great um, spiritual wealth and physical as well, and that you will find true happiness always and won't like a thing ever. Amen. Amen. Amen.